anybody have anything they'd like to like to, to, to bring out in the church this morning? A praise report or uh, just uh, anything? If we need to pray about it, just pray. Don't pray for pray. Hillary. Yes, yeah, and pray for Hillary. She's in a state. I can tell you. Yeah. yeah, she's had a she's had a rough week. In a hard hard place. Yes, God And uh, Sister Diane was going to be playing this morning, but she's got a sprained hand. So. <laughs> and pray for Linda too. Linda's family, uh, baby Red. Pray for them. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So that we have a good, healthy baby and. Yes. Yes. Amen. Well, I know we, we had some storms this past week, and uh, of course I know some just got the power back on. Brother Roger just got there going, I think, last night. Uh, came back home, went off Friday, just came back home. But anyhow, um, anyone, anyone else have anything like that? Brother Wayne, I you to pray for my, uh, my aunt's family. Um, my dad's youngest brother's wife passed away. She's 91, my aunt really Ruth, so. She lived a good long life, and she was probably the happiest woman I ever knew. She was always smiling, always laughing. And, uh, I shared this week. She she had taken a fall this past week and broken her shoulder and arm pretty badly. She's in she was in pretty bad uh, health, other other things too. But um, they had they did the surgery and, and there were complications, and she didn't make it. But they made a video last week of her and. Um, I think it was your granddaughter or great-granddaughter making videos. She said, do you want to tell anybody anything? You want to say anything to anybody? It's a video. I'm going to put it on Facebook. And she says, no. Well, just tell everybody I love them. And she was just smiling. And, and that's the way I remember her from the time I was a little boy up in there. She was always smiling. And and it wasn't. She wasn't always in really great circumstances. But she made the best out of what she had. She was able to smile through uh, whatever was going on, so just remember her family. Yeah, remember that. Well, one of us remember Sister Maggie. Uh, she's not here today. She's still sitting. Yeah, she's still so sitting. Let's, let's, let's remember. I miss hearing her pretty voice. Oh, yeah. 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 My sister Barbara's not doing well. Like we pray for her. And Mom will be traveling this week. Yes, I'd like to okay. the church to keep him in the church. I don't know. Not good. Uh, Pat's coming back though Tuesday because Barbara's doing so badly, and I wish they found somebody to to move her all around when he needs something. So my siblings are not well. Yeah, definitely. Pray for the Waldrop family. Uh, Thomas and my um, Mitchell's brother Johnson's wife Wendy. It's her her uh, stepmom Judy Waldrop. We used to keep kids so so some of you are that I didn't know it. Her her funeral's tomorrow. And her dad is in not good shape and he's really really pitiful. So just pray for Larry and uh, the girls. I well, you know every week we have so much to pray for. <laughs> have so much to pray. You know God's in control. I know sure. that for sure he's in control of Anyone else? God keeps us encouraged, though. He sure does. And we had the, I don't normally go with Chris on Sunday mornings, but we went to see his mom this morning, and she was, she had ate the biggest breakfast, and she was just smiling and laughing, and 
you couldn't understand what she was saying, but you just nodded and laughed, and it was a wonderful visit this morning. Great. Amen. That's good. Well, I remember Chris and Lynn, her mama's sick, and she's in joy with her. And I think Lynn had the stomach virus yesterday. Yeah, there's still a lot of viruses, stomach viruses, stuff going around, too. Again, we have so much to pray for, and I'm going to call on Pastor, if you don't mind, you can pray Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the privilege to be here this morning, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would hear each and every one of these prayer requests, God, and be with all of them that are sick and afflicted, God. I pray this morning, dear Heavenly Father, that you'd be with those families, Lord, where the death angel has come and taken the love of God, that you'd comfort them that remain, dear Lord, I pray. God, thank you for blessing thus far in this service, and I pray, Lord, that you just continue to bless, Lord, lead, God, and direct in everything that's done and said, Lord. Help those, Lord, that play upon the instrument, God, those that lead the singing. <clears throat> we pray, dear Heavenly Father, for those that testify, those that might sing specials, Lord. We pray this morning that you'd be with our teachers and our Sunday school superintendent and each and every one, God, to help me, dear Heavenly Father, if it falls our lot to try to stand and break the bread of life, I pray that you'd hide us behind the cross, God, and just give us the words to say that would be pleasing unto you. Thank you for all you've given and done. For it's in the most precious name. Amen. 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 505. 505. Look at page 505. You catch me. You know, I love, you know every, every one of these songs has a verse up above it. And you know, like this one here is Mark 1, uh, verse 41. Chapter 1, verse 41 says, Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him. You know, we've all been touched by the hand of God. Yes.
insult. Great insult. Does anybody have anything before Brother Roger comes up and brings our morning devotion? Brother Roger, come and share this one. Bless you, Lord. Good to be here this morning. Uh, we had a strange weekend at our house with the weather, but uh, that's springtime in Alabama. Yes. And uh, wasn't anything to do Friday night in the dark. We couldn't watch TV or anything, so we went to bed early, which means I got my four hours in pretty early and I was awake at, <laughs> I was awake at 2.30, looking at the clock, and I was awake again at 4.30. And I finally got up about 5.30, and... Uh, my phone needed charging, and so I got in the car. I actually went over to Jackson, got me a biscuit, and I rode up by the church, and everything was okay up here. I stuck my head in, turned the lights on. We had power here. Uh, went on back home and went to sleep. Kind of a funny situation. Our recliners won't work because they're power. <laughs> I couldn't recline myself. And uh, so I put an ottoman in front of my recliner, and I and I sat on the ottoman and lay back in my recliner, let my feet sit on the floor, and went to sleep. Um, I was actually, I, I had the curtains open, I could see a little bit. I was actually trying to study for today, and um, I had a, little, uh, had a little book that was written about the 23rd Psalm. And it was how, uh, why David wrote that. And it was, it was just to let us know that we got a constant in our life. Amen. God covers everything. But I went to sleep with that book and my Bible laying on my chest. And uh, so I guess that's not a bad thing, not a bad way to go to sleep. But we had, uh, what, about 36 hours without power? And, uh, uh, but we made it fine. We had great weather. We had places we could get some food to eat. So it, it was okay. Um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, as I got thinking about it, we didn't even see the storm. We were in Lowe's when it passed over. And it was kind of windy and, and uh, rainy a little bit when we went in. But while we were in Lowe's, the storm hit, and we came back out, and the sun was shining. So it was that, that storm went through that quickly. And I got thinking about, this. I believe we sang a song last week till the storm passes by. Yeah. And um, as, as I do often, I, I, I start on a journey, and I don't get very far because I get off on these side roads. And I thought, I wonder who wrote that song, and I wonder what the story was behind it. So I got looking at it last night, and um, there was a guy named Mosey Lister wrote it. And I'm thinking, I've never heard of Mosey. I've heard of Hovey Lister with the Statesman Quartet. And I said, they must be related. Then I read a little bit about him, and he actually sang with the Statesman's Quartet. Hovey Lister invited him to be the original baritone of the Statesman's Quartet. And I'm thinking, well, they got to be brothers or cousins or something, but they're not related as far as they know. And I said, you got a Hovey and a Mosey. They're musically related. You'd think they had the same mother or grandmother or woman, you know, but they, apparently they didn't. Yeah. Anyway, he wrote this song, and uh, uh, he wrote a lot of songs, so uh, learned, I learned something there. Um, but the, um, the uh, I, I guess this devotion has a little musical uh leg to it here, but um, as I was studying in that little book, uh, a little book about the Psalms, uh, 23rd Psalm, um, the, uh, the writer of the book um, said that um, 
a shepherd, we all know shepherd protects the sheep. Sheep are, are kind of vulnerable. They're very vulnerable without a shepherd. And uh, ask the question, why did, uh, why did David write the, the Psalms? And uh, he went on to say that, that the this, uh, shepherd is the constant in a sheep's life. That they don't sleep well without a shepherd or, or protection. But uh, anyway, um, he, he kind of related a, a story to a constant here, another musical thing. He um, said the, um, the author of the book, The Robe, when um, he was in school, lived in a boarding house. And he said every morning he would go out of his room and knock on the door next door and stick his head in. There was a, um, a retired music professor who was wheelchair bound. And uh, he sticks his head in and say, uh, let, me, let me get this right here. He said, well, what's the good news today? And then the old music professor would always say, he said he, he would take his tuning fork, tap it on his wheelchair, and he says, that's middle C. That was middle C yesterday. That's middle C today. It's middle C tomorrow, and it'll be middle C a thousand years from now. It's constant. That don't change. He goes, the tenor upstairs seems flat. The piano across the hall is out of tune. But middle seed's constant. And he said, uh, he related that to God in our life being the constant that we need to keep us in line. And I thought that was just interesting. You know, the, the little thoughts that you get on something like that, I uh, didn't intend to go that way, but it was just so interesting that, that, that every morning he asked that man and, and, and he said the same thing. He said, tap this tuning fork on his wheelchair. He says, that's middle seed. I don't know anything about music. But from my sister taking music 60-something years ago and Mrs. Brandon coming to our house to give her lessons, I remember her name. She was ragging. Uh, I could probably go to that piano and hit middle C pretty quick. Uh, it's constant. It didn't change. If that, if that note changed and went somewhere else, I, I wouldn't be able to find it. But it's constant. It's our God's that way. Amen. He's constant. He's sure. always where He is. And we know where that is. So as we go through, um, uh, let's just keep in mind that, that the one constant we have is, um, is God himself. Uh, everything else changes, you know. The world changes, music changes, automobiles change. We're going through changing cars now, and, you know, trying to go from combustion engines to, to electric engines and all that stuff. Everything changes. But the one constant we depend on is that God's in, in His place and we know where it's at. Amen. He's not changing. He's not going anywhere. We don't have to, we don't have to try to figure out where He's at today. He, we know where He's at. He's constant. So as we, as we go through life, let's keep that in mind. and um, Take a little side road every once in a while. Read something about a song. It's very interesting. Um, I, from what I read, um, Mosey Lister wrote this song. He actually wanted to write it for Mahalia Jackson to sing. And he said, what a blessing that uh, she, uh, she, he never got it to her. I don't know what the circumstances were, but he said, what a blessing that it became to, to tens of thousands of people, that, that it became, a, it became a, a favorite hymn. So um, the little things that we do sometimes um, go a little bit further than we think they might. Sure. Anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning?
before we take our classes. Brother Roger, you couldn't have set it up more perfectly for our singing <laughs> So thank you for that. And you said that you didn't know anything about music. If you'll come to Sunday night the next few weeks, you'll never be able to say that again. Commercials, commercials. <laughs> Especially the Psalms, over and over and over, sing to the Lord, yeah. sing to the Lord. In the New Testament, it teaches us to sing to the Lord, make melody in our hearts. And um, the uh, the last uh, Psalm talks about the instruments and that to let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, we come before His presence with singing. So I encourage everybody to uh, dedicate the next few weeks. We don't. We're not in church that much. We're not. We're here on Sunday and two Sunday nights a month. It's not, I don't think we can ever say we've been in church too much. And so dedicate the next few weeks as we lead up to uh, through the spring to that. And uh, I think it will be enriching to us all. Amen. Uh, Brother Chris, I wanted to say this. It reminded me when uh, we started a little choir down at Lowe's Fork. And the only time we had to do it was before school. We'd meet at 7 o'clock. And this was high school kids. Mm -hmm. We had 30-something kids come mm -hmm. every day at 7 o'clock. And a lot of them said, I can't sing. Well, it doesn't matter. The joyful noise is all he requires. And so, you know, you may think you can't sing. Lord, that care. He just wants that effort and the joyful well, I'm noise. I'm sure. Hey. God bless you, sister. <clears throat> no one else. Brother Roger, I guess you said no one else, so I would be encouraged to share something. I was uh, spending the night with a friend, and we were playing guitars together. We didn't have a lot of money. We worked at the hospital together, and and uh, we were sitting in his living room playing one, that one morning and his dad walked through and uh, we just wasn't sounding as good as we normally did and I couldn't figure out why. Usually it was me, you know, and, and my timing. But at this point, his dad walks through and he just stopped and he said, and he called my friend by name, he said, your A string's out. And uh, he argued with him. He said, well, we've got these electronic tuners and we've tuned both these guitars. And his dad said, son, I don't know anything about them tuners, but I do know what I hear. <laughs> and, and going through life, we're, we're going to hear everything in the world. We're going to have ideas thrown at us, everything from the world. But there's one thing that's set apart. Uh, just like you hear the music and hear the note and when you know when it's pleasing to you and when it's not, when the truth comes your way, the Spirit of God will let you hear it for the truth. Amen. And, and, and we got those electronic tuners out and Dennis was going to prove it to his daddy and guess what? The A string was out. <laughs> and, 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 that, and, and I learned that lesson right there. This man that walked by had played music his whole life. He had a brother that was a one-man band. They, they invented a track recorder in the 70s. And you would listen to this band and group play, and it was all him playing different instruments because he had a multi-track recorder. The whole family, 
Even my friend had, had it to an extent. I never have had it. I can't hear it and then repeat it, but I know it when I hear it. That I do have in common. When we hear the truth, <coughs> and just like me see, it's always we'll recognize it and we'll know it. It will sound, it may be something that we can't achieve, but it'll sound pleasant to us. In other words, the Spirit of God is always going to be constant in our life. He's not going to fluctuate back and forth, uh, but when we hear Him, we'll know Him. I don't know what, what everybody in the world throws at Matt and me, whether it's true or not. There's all kinds of people trying to sell this and sell that, especially books in the day that we live. And you just about have to read it to know whether or not it's good to read or not. But one thing I do know is that I'll, when I hear the truth, I'll know it because of the Spirit of God. I, I trust that in me. He told, he told Dennis, I don't trust those tumors, but I know what I hear. Uh, we, we know what we hear if we're a child of God. And, and we know what's right if we're a child of God. And that, that's why we have no excuse when it comes to right and <coughs> And it's as clear as the beautiful music is and the way it affects us this morning is the truth. And we'll, we'll know it and it'll sound beautiful to us. And I don't know why the Lord let me say that, but I'm through now. So y'all can. <laughs> the, the sound of the divorce of God's not going to, he's not going to sing out a key and he's not going to be flat, is he? No. <laughs> All right. There's nothing else. We'll take her class at this time. Thank you, buddy. I'm going to see you. He might rent it and go out on the wall and come up with a He might be like Earl and Harper and start walking the bench. the alternative. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's a, one of these days the National Weather Service should issue a PWD warning. Perfect weather day. Yeah. yeah. Brother Michael, I got four weeks. Already? Already. And it, and it, stemmed, from, it stemmed from the devotion. Uh, but then ask him. <laughs> well, whenever I pray for, for knowledge and understanding, the Lord says, that's Michael. <laughs> you listening to the wrong song, mister. And that's the truth when he hears it, Michael. <clears throat> Why do you think it is that the Campbellites, the Church of Christ, uh, discourages the use of musical instruments in the church? I'm not sure I have an answer because I don't understand why they do. With, with the Bible teaching, just like what Brother Chris said, the Bible teaching especially in Psalms about that. And uh, and I've known I've known several good friends of mine that are and they really can't give me an answer either. And I just I just thought about what they're missing, uh, not having the and I know we can sing a cappella and it's mm -hmm. 
Sure. But boy, what a piano or organ or guitar or something adds to to that. Well, I can, I can, Jerry Clark, uh, oh, there's a source. <laughs> that uh, one time in the business meeting at church, they were discussing buying the church a chandelier. And his uncle Versi said, I'm against it, I'm against it, we don't need it, and, if, and don't know nobody around here know how to play it. <laughs> so probably somewhere back in there, they uh, on a chandelier and somebody, they got it quoted down because didn't nobody know how to play it. I, I think shed a little bit of light on that. I've studied that a little bit too. The, um, they, uh, that group of people um, claim that they pride themselves in where, where the Bible speaks, they speak, where the Bible is silent, they're silent. Well, the, the Old Testament is completely full of music. In fact, wasn't one of the um, who who was the children of somebody his name was Jubal, and he was in charge of the uh, I can't remember the Old Testament story right off on that, but but uh, when you get into the New Testament and where uh, the church was set up. You can't put your finger exactly on the verse that references an instrument, mm -hmm. although the Old Testament is completely full of it. But um, I think that's I think it's absolutely they're absolutely wrong about that because music is one of God's greatest gifts. To sure. Us, and all form of music well done is a gift of God, and I think they're wrong about that. But I think that's what their approach on that is that um, in the New Testament does not speak on the subject as the Old Testament does. So. But most of their singing is very beautiful. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. We were at a funeral. My sister goes to Church of Christ. So hadn't been there very many times, but we went to a funeral of somebody in her family and you just had to literally turn around and see who was singing. It was so beautiful. And the primitive Baptists is the same way. They're all about died out now, but they they were that way too. Yeah. Well, thank you. That enlightened me a little bit. <laughs> and the psaltery, probably the psaltery was one of one of David's favorite instruments, which I consider a stringed instrument. Which that's what? The, the, that's the closest we get in the Old Testament. I think there's a verse in Colossians that. It says the modesty will know sound, hymns and songs, spiritual. One of the verses mentions the psaltery. The mm -hmm. psaltery. Yeah. I can't say it. But, um, Which? That's, and I think that's, that is uh, it's good enough. Yeah. A psaltery being a stringed instrument. The piano is a stringed instrument. And I know some, some ancestors of mine had no use for a guitar, but it's a stringed instrument. Yes. <laughs> Let's be consistent here. Listen what? To You're about to bust. Yeah. 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 Some of them, some softies you play with your fingers, like a harp, I think some are both. You know, you play with both. Yeah. Yeah. Feel better? I feel a lot better. All right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
Well, it is good to see each one that's here. And as Marilyn mentioned, I'm not going to say anything, but I appreciate your prayers for me the next couple of weeks and for my sister. Um, we're in the fourth chapter of Galatians. I'm already jealous because I know Brother Chris is going to be able to get into the fifth chapter, which is the good chapter in Galatians, but that's okay. Paul's going to start out, well, I'll tell you what, Sister Pam, how about reading verses 1 through 7 for me? Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, there are no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Four chapters, not bad, is it? How would you define how would you define an heir? How would we define an heir? By descendant. Descendant. Yeah. Uh, Webster said a person legally entitled to the property, property, or rank of another upon that person's death. I like that definition. Not necessarily the property, but the rank. Yeah. Yeah. And what Paul does, he's, he's talking Old Testament versus New Testament, the law versus grace again. And he's comparing an heir that's a child. He says, really, in verse 1, the heir, as long as he's a child, he's really no different than the servants. He's under somebody's control. He's not in charge of anything. He's told what to do, even though one day he'll be in charge of it all. But he said, even so we, when we were under the law, we were heirs of this promise, but we were like children. Until that day came when we became, received the inheritance of the heir, being an heir, we were just like children in the Old Testament, looking forward, as I've always said, looking forward in the Old Testament to Christ's coming. But then he said, but when the fullness of time was come. Do you believe the creation, this day was set? This fullness of time when Christ would come? Sure it was. Yeah. He goes straight to Christ, made of a woman, made under the law. He was the bridge. You know, the scriptures point out Christ kept the law perfectly. Every little jot and tittle, as it says, he kept the law perfectly. But he came in verse 6 to redeem them that were under, under the law that we might receive the inheritance or the adoption of sons. <coughs> but he says, and because ye are sons. Now that's a pretty big statement. Not going to be, 
but are sons. A son is the one, a son is entitled to an inheritance. Now in the Old Testament, it was always emphasized on the oldest son. He got the double portion, right, from all the others. But because you're a son, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. I go back to that part that's sealed again, that court jar that I had that day. Yeah, that that's sealed in us. Crying Father. So therefore, when they came up to the point of grace, just like when we become a child of God, when we're saved, thou art no more a servant, but a son. Yeah. That is a whole lot more warming a message than in bondage and free from bondage. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. And I guess technically we could say we're adopted sons, could we not? Yeah. Because we were born in sin. But through grace, we're adopted and become just as a son. Fully adopted. No strings, no nothing. Yeah. Out working in the orchard, we talk about combining some trees out there and, and grafting one tree to another. But we're engrafted. Uh, into the family of God. That means we're engrafted into the true vine. Uh, we're not just brought in and, and <coughs> benefit of something. Mm -hmm. We're part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. But then here's the good part. And if a son, then an heir. Then an heir. Now, I found a couple of verses. You don't have to turn to it. I want to read where it kind of talks. Well, I guess the question would be ask an heir. So if we're an heir, what are we inheriting? What are we inheriting if we're an heir? Romans 8, 17. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Think of the position being saved has put us in. Simply because of grace. I mean, we were put up here. Yeah. If so, be that we suffer with Him, that we may also glorify together. What we're going to inherit, according to Peter, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. We're inheriting eternal life with the Father. That's our inheritance. Yeah, it's not dollars and cents. It's not all this stuff. But we're inheriting eternal life. A glorified body, just as Christ had. Has, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what we inherit. What could outrank that? What could outrank eternal life? Nothing. I mean, here the most important thing we have is life. But to inherit. And as a son, I mean, we're, you know, a son, you can't deny them. You know, you can do the DNA test and it will prove they're your son or not. Our daughter, a generic term here, son, I realize that. Genetically, 
We are sons of God and joint heirs with Christ. Yeah. That royal blood, yeah, that flows in us now. Same DNA as God the Father. <coughs> it's hard to grasp what Paul's really trying to tell us here. I have to be honest with you. Yeah. That I went from, as it was said, I traded a bag full of sin for an inheritance of eternal life. Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. Yeah. Anyone on these first seven verses? But by far, I can hardly see us to make a comment on that. that um, as, as years have went by, you know, local attorneys have learned what I want to hear because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the question mm -hmm. if they don't. And so they ask the question. And, and one of the questions in adoption it's always asked of the adoptive parents, do you understand this is a permanent decision? Permanent. Not going to be unknown. Mm -hmm. And all the spiritual uh, similarities of that. Mm -hmm. and, and then a question that always must be asked of adoptive parents is, do you fully understand that this child, so far as inheritance rights, has will have the same standing of your natural child, and they got to understand that because they're not any different. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so we praise the Lord for that the spiritual yeah. things. And <clears throat> this sounds. Mad from a natural standpoint, I guess, but from a spiritual standpoint, I thank you for it. That, you know, when someone passes away and they have not left the last will and testament, then their heirs are entitled to their portion as dictated by the state of Alabama to their estate. So, and I could talk about that for a long time. Just, just the point I want to make is this. Sometimes a parent, that last parent will die. And you'd be surprised how many times it, it it's comes to light. Well, they, they had a son and they hadn't seen him since he graduated from high school. Or had they had a falling out one time, hadn't seen him in 25 or 30 years. Not sure. But we got to find that child. We got he's living. We got to find because none of that matters. He's still entitled. What he's mm -hmm. entitled to under the airship laws of the state. Mm -hmm. And uh, naturally speaking, that sounds bad. Uh, and sometimes it is bad. Sometimes you have to grit your teeth to just follow the law. Mm -hmm. But um, when I think about that from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, that, that we're we're God's children. Mm -hmm. No, it's not any undoing. Mm -mm. No undoing it. And you either are or you aren't. Yeah, right. There's no levels of it. No firstborns. No, this one did more than this one. This one pastored a bunch of churches. No, either a son or we're not. Amen. Yeah. It's a little bit hard to see in a family where 
a child that's been estranged and mm -hmm. hadn't helped their yeah, parents sure. checked on or anything for 20 years, and you've got a son or daughter that's cared for them until they draw their last breath, and this son or daughter show up and they entitled the same thing as, as this mm -hmm. one. Sure. Yeah. Unless they left the last one in testament. I don't mean to be Sure, enough. of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so make the last will and testament. Brother Michael, I, I, I saw a movie one time, and uh, this happy-go-lucky young man just just did what he wanted mm -hmm. in life and stayed in trouble a lot. His grandmother, or great-grandmother, I can't remember, was very, very wealthy. And um, she had left all of her inheritance to him on the stipulation that he would straighten up and be responsible, which was hard for him to yeah. do. And, uh, and, I, and I thought about that. And of course, at the end of the movie, he does straighten up and he inherits uh, quite some money. But um, there's a stipulation on the inheritance that we get from the Lord, and that's for us to accept it. And, and the way that we can miss out on that is not to accept it. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that being, as you all know, that being believing and trusting in Jesus Christ, our Savior. And how many people will forfeit that inheritance for that one stipulation? Anyone else? I, I can't get away from this, Brother Michael, but... Uh, it's easy for us to look back on the Jewish nation at this time and say, well, what kind of, you know, why would you not take this? But they've been indoctrinated mm -hmm. for hundreds sure. and hundreds of years. Yes. And they didn't have, you know, TV and all that kind of stuff to see it. If they didn't see it for themselves, a lot of times they were like, no, I, I don't believe yeah. that. So if they had accepted him, though, which is who they're talking to here, that should have made a difference. Uh, you can see just the common Jew that had not seen, had not accepted him themselves being confused. But the, the whole point in this was y'all know better. You have accepted mm -hmm. him and he is part now. Yes. You can't go back to, to the world as part of the Jewish mm -hmm. belief. You know better. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Brother Michael, going back to what Pam said, I remember as a young Christian, there was a singer one time that uh, sang folk music, became a Christian by profession, and and uh, then it was a few years later, he, he took a trip to Israel, and then he renounced Christianity and said that he believed in Judaism now. And when, when he did, in my mind, just being a young Christian, that satisfied me that he had never been a Christian to begin with. Because like Pam said, once you know Christ is your Savior, there's nothing else going to work for you. Yeah. But, I, but I, I have to believe, you know, Pam mentioned about being raised Jewish, but I believe if they truly understood it, accepting Christ was easy. Yes. It was easy. It led him right to his doorstep, if you'll have it that and way. It was, it was very easy for the common folk that were oppressed. Yes. But those who had everything set up where they were 
It gave them power. Yeah, it gave them power and authority. Yeah, yeah it was. They didn't want to give it up. No, sure, no. But um, the, the person who really grasped what the Old Testament was doing, it led them right up to Christ. Yeah. Accepting him was easy. It's, there it is. There it is. Yeah. And I guess Christ does have one will, and that's whosoever will. That's his sure. last testament. Whosoever will. Yeah. Yeah. That's the comparison of that also. I stopped. I wasn't going to say it, but you said that, you know, tying in with what the pastor had said, the, to accept it. And you're entitled to it. you got to accept it. And in a, in a airship will, you're entitled to it. But you can sign a paper and announce it and say, I don't want nothing to do with it. And then it goes and divides out to others. So, That's what the lost and dying world do. Yeah. Renounce it. Yeah. Boy, this Sunday school's gotten away. Uh, let me read two verses. Um, there's a point I want to make continuing what we're talking about. Verse 8, How be it then, when you knew not gods, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods, or little g gods is how that's written. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, that's the piece that counts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's great and wonderful that I know Him but it's even more great and more wonderful that he knows me. Amen. Yeah. Because Christ will say, that one's mine. He's one of mine. God will say, you're an heir. I know you. Your name's written in the book. Yeah. So a little clause here, but a really important one. It's better that God knows me than I know him because I can't keep this. He's keeping it for me. He's the one give it to me, give it to us. He's the one that sealed it with the Spirit. And Paul said, what? I've commended it into his hands. He's holding this, not me. Um, Brother Michael, um, to bolster what you said, uh, I know that uh, Chris, in his job, in the incident, he explained you know, where there is a a strange family member, no, nobody knows. Well, it's his job to hunt that guy. And I know he's very diligent, but God don't have to hunt us. If we're in his hand, and he knows where we are. That's right, sure. And that, that's comforting that even if, if we get to the point where we don't know where we are, God knows where we are. Yeah. And Paul said one place, he asked death, where was it sting in victory? Paul's thinking, that just lets me inherit my inheritance. My inheritance really happens. Yeah. You know, if we could keep that here during the day, might make us a little, bit, a little better, a little quicker step. That we are royalty. We are kings and priests today. Because we're sons of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I, I've said this before in closing. We are, I cannot grasp what all getting saved meant. I cannot grasp it. 
I, I grasp what it did to me, but the position it put me in, the inheritance it gave me, to be called a son of God, I cannot grasp that. Not yet. I will one day, ma'am. You finish, finish this verse. I'm sorry, okay. Go ahead. But now after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage. Uh, when I read this verse, I, I think about India. They have a caste system in place. And, you know, you're born into a economic system, I guess, and you can't get out of it. So if you're poor, you'll always be poor. No one will ever give you a chance to better yourself. And sometimes they even cut off their children's hands so they can send them out because when they send them out to beg, they can get more money if they're missing a hand. It's, it's terrible. You know, just the poverty is just really, we can't even imagine it. But if, if, if in a natural, from a natural standpoint, if someone went and, and took that child and brought him into a palace and put a robe on him and a crown on his head, why would he want to go back to that? But that's really us. When we're saved, God puts a robe of righteousness on us. Amen. And he expects us to keep our hands clean and our crown straightened. And why would we want to go back? Because we, we've got, we've left <coughs> such We've left that sinful state, mm -hmm. and now we have a robe of righteousness. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else? Well, I think we will stop there then. I appreciate everyone's help.